More and more people are moving to cities, and that's going to affect almost every industry. We are very cautious and very aware to make a conscious effort to work with the ecosystem. What can the average person do to take action now? Not one person can change the world, but if we all do a little something different, it might help. Being open to embracing innovation. Know that you can make a difference. A absolutely. There's no excuse not to even do a little bit. Let's go check it out. Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to Going Green. As always, we appreciate it. A real quick shout out to our sponsor, Triwa. Triwa is a watch company that creates watches made from recycled plastic and deconstructed metal from guns. Uh, they're doing awesome things. They are my favorite watch company. I wear a lot of watches, I collect watches, and I have not taken off my watch from them since I received it. It's amazing. So if you are looking for a cool watch with a good cause uh, or as a gift, check out Triwa, Triwa.com. They are an amazing company. And let's get right back to that amazing content. Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Going Green. I'm excited to talk to our guest today. We've really been making an effort to talk to people with a background in artificial intelligence because it's something that is going to have and does have a huge impact on our lives. So uh, when our guests agreed to sit down and talk with us, we're very excited. So I want to introduce Austin Sendek, the founder and CEO of AIonics on the show today. Austin, thanks for joining us from the Bay Area. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. So let's kind of dive right into it. Tell us about your background and kind of how you got involved in the artificial intelligence industry. Sure. So I'm a uh, physicist by training. So um, I kind of got into the field that we're in, which is, uh, we'll say AI for materials, for devices, for hardware, um, kind of through that hardware side. And so uh, my, my first work on this was as a PhD student, um, I was working on battery design uh, in the material science and engineering department at Stanford. Uh, and we kind of quickly ran into this problem, which, which is that uh, batteries are extremely complicated as are a lot of kind of chemical and you know, hardware devices. Um, and it can often be really hard to know as a scientist uh, which directions are the most promising for, for improving performance. Uh, for, you know, where do you want to put your efforts into? And so that kind of out of necessity, I would say, got us thinking about AI and saying, hey, you know, is there, is there a tool that could help us? Wouldn't it be nice if we could just ask Siri to, you know, look at our Excel sheet and she could tell us what to do next? Um, and so that was kind of the, uh, that was sort of the genesis of what has now grown into AIonics. So before this, would people just kind of say, hey, I'm going to experiment on this and, you know, have a hypothesis and hopefully it works out well. And if not, you know, there goes time and energy and resources. Yeah. So I would say um, uh, so the scientific method, which is, as you said, you know, gather background information, formulate a hypothesis, test the hypothesis. That's not going anywhere. Um, I think what's changing is how we, how we generate new hypotheses and how we test them. Um, and uh, human intuition, it does a really good job a lot of times, but in cases where things are really complicated, where there's maybe patterns that we can't just quite see with our eyes, um, or you know, we, we can't think of or visualize like 20 dimensional data, uh, that's where these AI tools become really promising. And so we envision a world where um, there is, is uh, let's say a smart lab assistant um, that's sort of sitting in the lab with you uh, virtually, maybe not like the Jetsons robot, but like the, you know, through some software um, uh, package that is aiding the scientists in interpreting data, 
looking for patterns they might miss and kind of making smart recommendations that they can then uh, apply their intuition to and, and decide, hey, this looks really cool or you know, we can't do this for X, Y, Z reason. Uh, and just make that process a little bit more um, quantitative and rigorous than it might be today. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure when you're, you know, going through massive amounts of data, it, it can be pretty easy for patterns to slip. Do you have any uh, kind of funner, exciting, interesting success stories that you've seen through AI and it's pointed out these patterns where maybe someone might have missed that in the past? Yeah, there's, there's actually been quite a few um, in the material science world. Um, I always want to say materials world, but then I think that's a Madonna song. So material science world. Um, uh, where folks have gone back and looked at historical data that was kept in old lab notebooks. And um, at the time, maybe this is like decades old data, there was no, kind of no pattern that was discerned, uh, but then putting it into these, into these smart tools and algorithms um, can often find like, hey, if you would have done this analysis in the 80s, you would have found this material that it took until 2011 to find, mm -hmm. for example. And, um, so I think there's, uh, there's, a, there's been a few cases like that in, in the world where I started working, which is in battery design, um, there's tends to be pretty small data sets. And so um, I was looking at a, a particular component of the battery to, to optimize when I was a PhD student. And I was looking back about 40, 50 years, I could only find around 40 data points. So like 40 different materials that had been analyzed. Um, and uh, we took that data and put it into a, a machine learning algorithm to, to see whether or not this idea would really work. And we found um, uh, within uh, you know, a year or two of doing this work, we found like 10 new kind of state-of-the-art uh, performance materials. Uh, and so our, um, that, that, that shows the amount of acceleration that you can get when you take this historical data and kind of look at it through a new lens uh, of AI. Yeah, that's, I mean, that must be so exciting when that, that information starts to come through. And, and I can only imagine, you know, the, the process of going through this information and seeing like, man, if we had this information, we could have had, you know, this building material 20 years ago. Yeah, it's great we have it now, but, you know, kind of thinking about how that can affect us in the future. Um, it's really kind of fascinating to see what's, what's available and potential out there. Are you kind of seeing any trends in the battery industry that are being pulled from the AI side of things? I think these approaches are becoming much more widespread in, uh, in battery design where we're seeing, um, a, I would say at sort of every step of the, of the design process, uh, we're seeing these approaches start to supplement um, human uh, intuition and, and um, scientific understanding. At the most fundamental level, you have the discovery of new materials. Um, so that would be okay. We need to we need to put a new additive into our into our uh, our, our material to minimize the degradation over time. Uh, AI can kind of help you find that uh, all the way down to you've manufactured it and you're deploying it, and now it's in the electric vehicle. Um, how can you kind of predict? Uh, how many more miles, let's say, you have in your EV or in your Tesla before, uh, before that battery is going to, to die, basically. And so um, I think any case, and beyond batteries, this is true as well, any case where you have um, what is sometimes referred to as a black box, meaning like it's just really, you don't really know what's going on there. And a lot of materials applications are like this. Um, AI can be a great way to, to kind of see that from a new light and illuminate new patterns, as you said, that, that might have been missed before. Very cool. Well, doing some research prior to this episode, um, one thing I, I think is really cool is you kind of took 
your background and started a business around it. You know, there's a lot of people who go into the research side of things. And I, for one, am a huge believer in entrepreneurship and, you know, people taking risks to start businesses. And, you know, you, you mentioned Tesla, like look at where Tesla started to where it is today in the, such a short amount of time. Um, so what was your kind of, you know, thought process of going, you know, I'm sure you put a lot of time and effort in thinking, you know, where do I want to go with this career, with this background? What was your kind of um, thought process of going into the entrepreneurship side of things and starting your business? Yeah. So um, I, I'll say as a scientist, where, how, how I started this work, I, I didn't know much about entrepreneurship. Um, I'm a big fan of it now, but it was a, definitely a learning curve. Um, but the way that I arrived at that was, was really thinking about impact and thinking, um, okay, we have these tools, we've worked to develop these AI models and, and approaches that we think can really accelerate the process of materials design. And um, I'm, uh, as I know you are as well, very motivated by concerns around climate and energy and sustainability and thinking, okay, we have, there's a lot of urgency here around the design and discovery of new materials, um, given that we need to decarbonize uh, the, the global economy. Basically, we have to cut half of our carbon emissions out in the next 30 years, uh, while also adding 2 billion more people to the planet, this is a, a mammoth undertaking and we, we gotta do it now. And so um, there's, a, there's a lot of companies out there doing a lot of great work. I'm thinking um, several years ago, okay, we, we have a tool that may be able to sort of help uh, everyone in, in, their, in their mission to decarbonize their various um, uh, you know, parts of the economy. So uh, rather than kind of building this out at one company, why don't, we, why don't we start our own company? Let's build this into a software platform and consulting platform that we can then go ideally and, and sell basically broadly into the, into the, uh, the, the materials economy. Um, and if we can have an impact and just accelerate everyone's design by even just a percent, um, then, then that's, that's awesome. And that should be, that's sort of worth taking a risk for, I think. 100%. I mean, I think the, you know, some of the biggest risk takers in history are the ones that have, you know, the biggest impact. Um, out of curiosity, you know, and now I'm just sort of super interested, like, do you sort of envision with you working with different clients and all these different projects and platforms, you utilizing the AI to sort of find patterns within these various companies and industries and connecting them as well? Yeah, so there's, um, it's a good question. So how do we how do we learn from uh, collective uh, understanding? I think is uh, is that a fair way of yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, I think that's really important. So I think these tools can um, not only help companies working in silos uh, just by using their own data, um, which is their confidential information, and and it's never going to leave their company walls. Versus um, you know, there, then there might be an opportunity to kind of do that on a broader scale by leveraging broader understanding uh, from beyond those company walls. I think it, for the, the latter, um, the really important thing we have to do is we have to uh, gather and digitize all of the data that's been published by the scientific community over the last however long they've been publishing papers. Um, so a lot of this work has, a lot of good work has been done already to, to pull data out of um, various studies uh, and put those in databases that can be machine readable. Um, and so if, um, like the battery case I was telling you about is an example of this where I had to go through these papers going back 50 years and write down data points um, in my notebook that, had, that I read in these papers. 
and now that there's a data set out there that uh, someone else can use and that they can they can um, be the 41st data point and learn from those first 40 and so um, I think the the way that we get that collective uh, growth and understanding is we make full use of what's already been done and a lot of good work has already been done in the scientific literature it's just a matter of making that data machine readable basically mm -hmm. um, so I, I think that's that's going to drive a, a lot of impact if we can do that. Yeah, and I mean, there's so so much data out there. You know, it's almost it's it really gets to a point where it's impossible for everyone to to go through that. So we will need that technology, you know, to be able to do that. Um, what are some sort of myths and realities of working in the artificial intelligence space? I mean, obviously, you know, there's the movies we see, television, and you know the the robots and all that but in in reality what you're saying is you know some really amazing things are coming from this so um what do you kind of see perpetuated and then what do you kind of see ai having an impact on in our day-to-day -day lives in the future that's a really good question um how much time do you have because we could talk about this all day all day uh, man <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I, I think probably the one of the oldest uh pieces of wisdom in the space is still one of the most salient which is the old adage of garbage in, garbage out, which is that um, if data, so data quality kind of rules all. So that's, and another way of saying that would be AI is not magic. It's not a miracle maker. Um, and so uh, I think there is a perception of like, hey, we can take uh, two data points and then we can, we can train this brilliant model that's gonna solve all of our problems. And it's not quite that simple. Um, you need a good data set to train the model. And then um, there's a lot of nuance around how you do that. Um, so I think uh, I do like that there's very high expectations for AI. I think, uh, I think that's important. I think that's good. Um, but I think we, we have to, as practitioners, we have to kind of temper that a little bit and uh, from time to time and say, hey, if we're, if we're training an AI to do something, its performance is really dependent on what we're telling it. Um, right. It's like if you teach someone uh, how to play chess incorrectly, they're never going to beat the chess master because they've just they don't they haven't been trained the right way. Um, so I think uh, that maybe is sort of a more technical answer in in um, what we see in in our industry. Um, maybe more broadly, I think there's this question of um, and maybe concerns around how does like is AI going to supplant all of our jobs? Uh, and is it going to do everything for us? And like, what does that mean for, for the economy? Um, I'm more optimistic and I, I tend to think that um, improvements that AI can offer uh, will improve our overall product productivity and make human work more productive rather than make human work less necessary. Um, so maybe instead of rote data entry, uh, someone can actually be kind of doing more exciting analysis with the data. Um, and so I, I think that there's, I'm, I'm optimistic. I know um, some people aren't, and maybe the other topic of like malevolent AI overlords is another reason to be pessimistic. I don't, I, that's beyond my pay grade, but um, I, I think that the, the future is, is really exciting with these techniques. Yeah, and, and again, the reason I bring that up is we talk about Tesla and Elon Musk, you know, kind of had that, you know, famous interview with Joe Rogan where it kind of, you know, made it sound a little scary, but, I'm, I'm optimistic as well. I mean, you know, I think there's so many things, even in our day-to-day -day lives that is already impacted by AI that we probably don't even realize little simple things that make our life easier that we would never notice, you know, from 
even Spotify's AI, you know, learning algorithm, hey, here's a song that you might like, you know, little things like that. And then when you, you know, implement it on a huge, uh, huge worldwide scale can have, you know, really big impacts. Um, what are you kind of, you know, thinking big picture long term down the road, like, maybe it's not available right now, but where do you kind of see things going? And what are you kind of most excited about for things to come in the future with AI? Sure. Um, well, I'll speak for our industry, which is probably the one that I, that I can speak best to. Um, so I, I like that you mentioned Spotify and uh, we often talk about the Netflixification of material science for the same reason, which is like Netflix uh, watches what you watch. They see your watch pattern. They, I mean, the, the algorithm sees your watch patterns, um, figures out what you like, what you don't like, and then makes suggestions. And, um, before that, I mean, that's that we're used to that idea now, but uh, 10 years ago, it was like you had to call your friend and they had to give you a recommendation. And if they didn't really know you that well, then you maybe didn't take the recommendation and then you had to go to Blockbuster and then right. you had on the shelves. Like there's so much time saved here. Mm -hmm. um, and we're really thinking about essentially the exact same thing in the, in the materials uh, industry, whether that's um, in, in solar, in batteries, in catalysts, like all of these applications that are super important for uh, global decarbonization. We are hoping that um, within the next maybe even 10 years, um, that every company has a, a, a function that is um, dedicated to performing this, this analysis and, and making sure that those um, directions, uh, the time spent by the scientists, the investments made into the various initiatives are as rigorous and data uh, validated as possible. Um, and that we know the risks of, you know, this is 20% likely to work. Are you sure you want to try it versus this is 80% likely to work? I think everything is going to be a lot more, um, a lot more sort of quanti uh, quantitative, I guess, in, in how we make decisions. Um, and hopefully the amount of time that scientists have to spend like flipping through uh, database, you know, textbooks and things is just gone completely. It's like that get back to the science, let the computer sort of do the rote work for you, as we were saying about like, productivity of, of AI, hopefully will improve, will improve everything. So I'm, I'm hoping that there's like exponential increase in, um, in uh, the level of innovation in the materials and chemicals uh, world because of this. Yeah, I mean, what you mentioned, which, you know, one thing is time, probably the most valuable thing we really do have as humans, you can't get that back if you in this kind of a bad example but if you look about you know what you mentioned with blockbuster you have to call your friend you have to drive to the the place you have to shop around and get it then you get your movie and you might not even like it and if you think about that on just a scale of people watching movies how much time that has saved people you can you know turn on your computer phone or tv and find you know probably the best movie out there for you you translate that to you know some of the smartest people on our planet working on some of the most impactful projects you know out there whether it's renewable energy clean technology and instead of a scientist having to you know manually plug in data and flip through it which you know could take someone's entire career <laughs> if we can have you know that ai help them you know sort through that data and give them a couple answers within you know whether it's immediate or you know weeks or months or even years or a couple of years 
that amount of time really is hard to even put, you know, a number on and it's going to speed up so many processes along the way. And that's, that's, what's really exciting. Um, so what, I, uh, oh yeah, no, go ahead. Let me give you some, some numbers on time. Cause I think this is, this is really interesting. So, um, I'll, t I'll take these examples from uh, this original study we did on the battery design case. Um, so we wanted to, originally we wanted to, to look into about 50 materials because we thought, okay, these 50 look to be really promising for this application, but we need to quantify them. We need to get predictions of their performance in battery applications. We started that by doing um, a kind of conventional approach, which is to uh, use a chemical simulation technique um, that's very accurate but extremely slow but I would say it's kind of state-of-the-art if you want to answer these questions so we did that for 50 materials that took about two years and uh, I found out later that my my colleague and I who worked on this study in I think it was the year of 2017 used 5% of all Stanford research computing capability accidentally we didn't really realize it at the time um, but two years and a ton of computation so that was to look into 50 materials when we started Aionics, um, the, uh, we were building models to accelerate that with AI, and that was, we, we did build that in that battery application, which was able to, um, to predict, that, um, predict those same properties within less than a second in, in each of those materials. Um, so you have thousand-fold increase in speed with a, a minimal loss in, I mean, maybe I shouldn't say minimal, with, with some degree of loss of accuracy. Um, there. And, and then the next uh, speed up is um, we, when we built the Aionics platform, which, which uh, provides a, a kind of easy place to build these models and deploy them and screen for new materials. Um, it took us, uh, so a year ago when we would do these projects for clients, we would budget probably four months um, to get a project kind of up and running and get to a final answer. Um, now with our platform, which is, which is live and, and is in multiple companies, we can answer those same questions within a day or two. Um, so we're seeing a speed up basically from like two years to a day um, it, through, the, through the use of machine learning and well-designed sort of software tools. Um, so I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. That's amazing. And I mean, as a, we're both business owners and entrepreneurs and at the end of the day, you know, I think time again is one of the things that you value most because as an entrepreneur, you can be spending your time doing so many different things, but you need to be spending it doing it as optimized as possible. So anything that you can do to save you, you know, an hour from having to do payroll work or, you know, an hour meeting that someone else could handle or a computer could handle, that time can be spent being more productive. So, I mean, two years down to a day, like that's, that's really mind blowing. Um, what gets you kind of most passionate and excited like waking up every day what do you kind of look forward to and you know what's what's kind of um something that you're like looking forward to happening in the near future both for you for aionics and for ai as a as a whole yeah so i think what what we're really focused on is uh, is proving our the value of these approaches to to the world um and so what gets me really excited is when we get testimonials uh from from our customers or we get new results. Uh, they, they tell us about, hey, we found this material and we wouldn't have found this otherwise. It, this is a 10x improvement in, in speed over what we were doing previously. Those are the kinds of things that, that keep me going. And it's like, okay, you know, we're, we're going down the right path. Um, not only because we know that this company has now 
been more efficient and more productive, but um, with their permission, we can use that as an example of how these, these approaches are like game changing really. And um, the more the, the, the results beget results, you know, so the more people see it, the more people believe it, the, the more it happens. So um, we've had several of these case studies um, so far, which have been, uh, you know, two, three, 10 X uh, improvements in, in time and, and all of that. Um, I want to get, I want to get a bunch more of those. Uh, that's, that's our focus. And then, uh, we'll, we'll keep growing. I mean, we're still an early stage, small company, uh, but we have uh, pretty big ambitions, um, for, uh, for being the kind of operating system, um, of the materials, uh, industry, not the materials world, materials industry. <laughs> well, Austin, seriously, fascinating stuff. Like we said, I could probably talk about this all day. I want to be, you know, mindful of your time. Um, as we wrap up, you know, what's kind of one action item that we can give to the, the average person out there who maybe doesn't know that much about AI, but, you know, sees the value of it, um, wants to, you know, take a step in the direction of either supporting companies like yours or just kind of, you know, pushing the industry as a whole a little bit forward. What can people kind of do or keep an eye out for? Yeah, that's a good question. So uh, there are a lot of really good resources now um, for learning machine learning, AI, data science, um, online online courses and, and boot camps, um, open source um, classes. I mean, this stuff is really uh, popular and really becoming more and more accessible. Uh, things like Coursera, uh, et cetera, are, are widely um, available. Uh, so I, I, it, it is like, it's, a, it's not an easy topic and it's not something that you can learn overnight. Um, it's deeply mathematical and it takes, takes a while to learn. So um, that said, I think it's worth, it's worth learning. It's, and, and so um, if people are interested, I think dedicating, like realistically dedicating multiple months to studying this um, is, is what you got to do, but it's, it's easier now than it's ever been before. Um, if you want to learn more about, about what we do, uh, you can you can take a look at our, our website, which is aionics.io, um, and there's a little bit of, of background uh, there as well as some relevant case studies and, and publications and things. Um, I think on our end, um, our our end being the the research uh, world, um, we need to do a better job of of communicating what we're doing. Um, so I think finding like non technical materials uh, can be can be kind of tough. So that's something that we're working on is, is, um, is providing some context for uh, the non-technical enthusiast. Um, so keep an eye on our website um, and uh, you can follow us on LinkedIn as well. It's AIonics Inc. is our company name uh, and hopefully you'll find some good content there. Yeah, no, and I, that's why I'm here and that's why I've been excited to talk to you is because I'm not an expert by any means in AI, but uh, it's fascinating kind of talking to you and getting the opportunity to just ask the questions that I've always been curious about. I'm sure other people are as well. And uh, in kind of a, you know, more casual setting where, you know, no pressure, just have, you know, two people chatting. Um, so it's been really interesting talking to you and we'd love to have you on in the future. I know, like I said, we're really only scratching the surface. Um, for those of you listening and watching, be sure to visit, you know, their website. If you want easy access, um, there's an article on goinggreenshow.com where we also interviewed Austin there and all of the links to their websites there. Uh, but seriously, check it out. Really fascinating stuff. The more I was kind of researching, preparing for this, the more I got excited and realized it's just such a, a rabbit hole of information. Um, so 
Austin, thanks again for uh, taking some time out of your day to be here. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Very happy to be here. It was fun. Awesome. Thank you. And uh, to everyone listening, watching, as always, we appreciate your support of the show. Um, go check out AIonix. Uh, you know, give them a follow, reach out if you have any questions. I'm sure they're happy to, to help and share their story and, and you know, get this information out there. Um, and again, our goal is to just bring leaders in the clean tech, renewable energy space, people like Austin, um, scientists, CEOs, experts, and pick their brain a little bit, share their story, and just kind of pull some action items so that we can apply it to our day-to-day -day life. So uh, as always, we appreciate you tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode of Going Green.